Greetings to all my cool cats and cool kittens. They try to copy our style, but they stay frostbitten. From the broadcast to the podcast, it is your man DM Cool. And this is Cool Radio. What we doing? You can catch me on your TV, even on the radio. Pop up at our blog spot, hand on my Uwego. We invading airwaves. Oh, you didn't know? Your ass better call somebody! Yes, y'all, yes, y'all. Tell a friend to tell a friend. We are back on the airwaves. It's your man, DM Cool, and this is another edition of Cool Radio, and the cool is in full effect. Listen, guys, listen, listen, listen. To all my cool cats and cool kittens, you guys already know why we're here. We, I don't even need to, like, tease it up or line it up for you. Like, if you have been tuning into any form of news, whether it's pop culture news, news news and politics, hell, even sports news, depending on, like, where you're listening to your, your podcast and what have you, then you know that the Will Smith slap at the Oscars is the only thing or primarily the main thing that we're going to be talking about on today's episode. Um, I have so much to say about this stuff. I It's been a point where I've listened and I've read so much commentary surrounding it, whether it's from other industry professionals and celebrities or you know just everyday people and stuff like that, uh, things I've seen on social media, on my own feed. I'm not even talking about the troll feed or anything like that because you're going to get stupidity from there, and that's besides the point, but we will talk about that. Nonetheless, there is a lot to unpack here, a lot. It's to the point where I will not be doing my standard format when it comes to cool radio. It's, it's, it's going to be all Will Smith talk. It's going to be Chris Rock talk. And yes, we will be talking about the witch herself, Jada Pinkett, as well. We're going to be talking about all of that. But before we do, by the time you see this episode, you will know what the title is you've seen the title you're you're reading it as you're listening to this and so while this is primarily about will smith let's take a dive back into the past at the same time in the present as well and let's open up with let that ish breathe let this bitch breathe yes yes so what I mean, what I meant by diving back into the past, into the past and into the present is I wanted to talk about the series as a whole known as Bel Air. So that is the 2022 remake of the I, I actually I don't know if I would call it a remake. I mean, technically it is, but I would call it the reimagining of the classic 1991 series, The Fresh Prince of Bel Air. So I'm going to give you a, a review of that series, and there will most likely be spoilers ahead. So if you have not watched Bel Air, skip this portion of the pod. Come back to it later when you have watched the show, because I'm definitely going to go into spoiler territory. Um, maybe not so heavily, but there will be some spoilers in there nonetheless, or things that you may consider to be spoilers, depending on what your fancy is. On that note, let's get to it. So... A few years back, we saw 
you know, someone uh, create a trailer for their take on Bel Air as far as it, as far as making it dark and edgy and what have you. And it was a pretty interesting, a pretty interesting trailer that went viral. Obviously, it caught the attention of Will Smith. He put some funding behind it, and it now airs on Peacock, which is the streaming platform of NBC, because The Fresh Prince of Bel-Air is an original NBC product. Nonetheless, I watched it. I watched all 10 episodes, and it was all right. It wasn't amazing. It wasn't all the way terrible. It was all right. It was kind of mid. Um, It was entertaining enough that it kept me in it kept me engaged for the entirety of the season, but I wouldn't say it was groundbreaking or did anything different or away from the status quo or anything like that. It was just an interesting take on a property that we're all familiar with, depending on when you were born and if you have any older siblings or anything of the sort. So watching it, there are some pros and cons that I noticed. Um, so the premise of the story is still the exact same. Uh, Will grew up in West Philadelphia, born and raised, and he got some. He got he got himself into some trouble with some local gangsters and what have you, and it forced his mom to move him up to Bel Air, where he would live with his aunt, uncle, and his cousins. So we we know the premise already. It's like it's like Uncle Ben and Spider Man. We we know this already. So let me get into the the pro, the, the pros and cons of the series. So the pros of it, and one of the things I noticed that I, I really did appreciate was when, while you saw Will Smith in Philly, and a little bit of when he eventually came to Bel Air, you noticed that he was using a lot of Philly slang to to really emphasize the fact that he's from Philadelphia. So I really appreciated that, because you never really got that in the original series, because Will, whether it's him as a Fresh Prince on the show, or him as a rapper, or him as as a celebrity, you never really hear the Philly slang from him. And you never really hear the Philly intonation either. I, I mean, I'll be honest, I don't even know what the what the Philly intonation sounds like. It sounds like most intonations in America, with the exception of like Boston or New York or or the South or whatever the case may be. Like it just it doesn't to me, to my untrained ear, I guess you could say, it doesn't have a distinct sound to me. But at least with this series. They emphasize a lot of the slang that's used within Philadelphia. So I really did appreciate that just so they can hammer home from the fact that he's not only from Philly, but he's kind of like a byproduct of Philly. Kind of like for my people in Toronto where like you could be from Toronto, but, you know, you could be somewhat of a byproduct of Toronto if you are speaking the Toronto slang and stuff like that. So it kind of went within within that rabbit hole. So I really did appreciate that just for authenticity purposes. And then not only that, but the show is called Bel-Air. It's not called The Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. So while it is signaling the fact that, yes, the show is primarily about the exploits of Will Smith, it also shows that the the characters that are surrounding him also have, well, for the most part, and I'll get to that in a second, for the most part have almost as much or just as much equal value to Will as a character. And you see that in a lot of the characters. You really look into the dynamics between Philip Banks and Vivian Banks. Uh, Vivian was at one point in time an accomplished visual artist. So she was a painter, but as her husband got deeper into politics and to the point where he started running for DA district attorney, uh, she put that to the side and wanted to be the support system for her husband as well as be there for the kids as well. 
And what they kind of explain later on in the series is that beforehand, it was the other way around. It was mostly Philip being the support system for Vivian when she was making her rounds as an artist while he was still kind of coming up uh, on the ranks as a criminal defense attorney. So while he was on his come up, he was supporting Vivian while she was in her prime as an artist and as someone who's well known within the art community. So I thought that was really cool. Um, and then you get into Hillary and Carlton. So Hillary, as we know from the original series, is a complete dunce. Like she's like, oh my God, like daddy, can I have like $300? Like, oh my God. Yeah, pretty unbearable to say the least. In this series, there's a portion of me that actually kind of respects Hillary. And I don't mean that in a negative way. But when you see the dichotomy between Hillary circa 1991 versus Hillary circa 2022, sure, you still have the uh, the bad and bougie appeal and what have you. But I can actually say that with Hillary in the newer version, she, she comes across as much more ambitious and knows what she wants in life. Still discovering herself and, and her passions, of course, but she's pretty sure of what she wants. And sometimes her mom clashes with her because it's not traditional in terms of what you want as a career. And spoiler alert, but she's trying to be a social media influencer. I mean, she kind of is at this point, but she wants to get it to the point where she's big time, where she's well known throughout the internet and will translate into pop culture in some form or fashion. And her thing is, it's not just her posting pics on the gram looking like a thirst trap or anything, but she has her own cooking show and does her own cooking vlogs and stuff like that. So she has a talent to to uh to do culinary arts and stuff like that and she's putting it on social media so that she can broadcast her 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 talents to the masses so i actually really appreciated that because hillary in 1991 or just in the 90s just to make it more simple was just a rich girl who she was basically kim kardashian without the sex tape let's be 100 hillary banks was was kim kardashian without the sex tape she was just a socialite that's all she was she eventually became a talk show host, but again, that was mainly because of who her daddy was and who her family was and the, and the influence that she used in order to get that done. That, that's basically what it was. But Hillary in, in 2022 actually has talent. And then not only that, but the show is called Bel Air. It's not called The Fresh Prince of Bel Air. So while it is signaling the fact that, yes, the show is primarily about the exploits of Will Smith, it also shows that the the characters that are surrounding him also have, well, for the most part, and I'll get to that in a second, for the most part have almost as much or just as much equal value to Will as a character. And you see that in a lot of the characters. You really look into the dynamics between Philip Banks and Vivian Banks. Uh, Vivian was at one point in time an accomplished visual artist. So she was a painter, but as her husband got deeper into politics and to the point where he started running for DA district attorney, uh, she put that to the side and wanted to be the support system for her husband as well as be there for the kids as well. And what they kind of explain later on in the series is that beforehand, it was the other way around. It was mostly Philip being the support system for Vivian when she was making her rounds as an artist while he was still kind of coming up uh, on the ranks as a criminal defense attorney. So while he was on his come up, he was supporting 
Vivian while she was in her prime as an artist and as someone who's well known within the art community. So I thought that was really cool. Um, and then you get into Hillary and Carlton. So Hillary, as we know from the original series, is a complete dunce. Like she's like, oh my god, like daddy, can I have like three hundred dollars? Like, oh my god, yeah, pretty unbearable to say the least. In this series, there's a portion of me that actually kind of respects Hillary, and I don't mean that in a negative way. But when you see the dichotomy between Hillary circa 1991 versus Hillary circa 2022, sure, you still have the uh, the bad and bougie appeal and what have you. But I can actually say that with Hillary in the newer version, she, she comes across as much more ambitious and knows what she wants in life. Still discovering herself and, and her passions, of course, but she's pretty sure of what she wants. And sometimes her mom clashes with her because it's not traditional in terms of what you want as a career and spoiler alert but she's trying to be a social media influencer i mean she kind of is at this point but she wants to get it to the point where she's big time where she's well known throughout the internet and will translate into pop culture in some form or fashion and her thing is it's not just her posting pics on the gram looking like a thirst trap or anything but she has her own cooking show and does her own cooking vlogs and stuff like that so she has a talent to to uh to do culinary arts and stuff like that and she's putting it on social media so that she can broadcast her 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 talents to the masses so i actually really appreciated that because hillary in 1991 or just in the 90s just to make it more simple was just a rich girl who she was basically kim kardashian without the sex tape Let, let's be 100 hillary banks was clo- or was kim kardashian without the sex tape she was just a socialite that's all she was she eventually became a talk show host, but again, that was mainly because of who her daddy was and who her family was and the, and the influence that she used in order to get that done. That, that's basically what it was. But Hillary in, in 2022 actually has talent. <clears throat> and she's using social media as a way to broadcast that talent. In addition to that, she already has a natural charm and, and charisma about herself, and she fashions herself as a fashionista of sorts but that's not even her main thing like a lot of a lot of people that you'll see on social media will use that as a way to broadcast themselves which is totally fine but that's not why she's there like that just happens to be something else that's in her bag her main bag is her culinary talents and she's using that as a way to broadcast herself to 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 garner her name in notoriety so i can actually appreciate that from from hillary carlton wow let's talk about carlton Carlton had a rough start to this series. Carlton was looking like the guy that you love to hate. He was an absolute dick. And let's not make any bones about it. Carlton was an absolute dick in the in the original series. And we only have fond memories of him because of how goofingly charming he was. Like the whole Tom Jones dance and, and stuff like that. The way he dressed was super preppy. But he had a charm about himself. Whereas this Carlton... He's like a Nigerian supervillain in a Nollywood movie. Like he's the guy that you want to hate. Ever since Will came in, like he made he tried to make Will's life a living hell because Will has a natural aura about himself that allows people to gravitate towards him. Whereas Carlton, it's like he almost has to use his influence on who his dad is in order to gain friends. And when he notices how Will does it versus he how he does it, it gets on his nerves. Like like. 
it's pretty noticeable. Let's, let's just put it that way. Not to mention, he is coked out to the max. Like, this guy is doing so many lines of coke on a regular basis, and it's mainly because of the fact that he deals with anxiety. So that becomes a big talking point throughout the entire series. And then midway through, there seems to be a somewhat of a level of understanding between him and Will, and then that's when you 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 gradually see the character progression with Carlton. If anything, I would argue that out of any character in this series, or in the first season of the series, I should say, that Carlton has the most character growth and progression. I would argue that. I would say him at number one and Hillary at number two, in my opinion. Then you have Lisa, Lisa Wilkes. So as we all know, Lisa was played by Nia Long, and she came in the later seasons of The Fresh Prince of Bel-Air, and she played the role of Will's girlfriend. Now, in this series, it's actually pointed out that she was the ex-girlfriend of Carlton, and Carlton is still trying to get over her, but then by the time Will comes, like, she instantly, like, falls for him, and they fall for each other equally. And that's part of the reason why there is tension between Will and Carlton, because of the fact that he's still not over Lisa. And with Lisa, it's not just that she's the girlfriend and the ex-girlfriend of Will and Carlton, respectively, but her family actually has a close-knit relationship with the Banks family. So her mother, who passed away, was a sorority sister of Vivian, and then her father, who is the chief of police in, in Los Angeles, works closely with Philip Banks. So there is a close-knit connection between the two families and what have you, and that plays up later on in the series. Um, I do like her portrayal of... I do like the portrayal of Lisa. I think in the last two episodes, or maybe the last episode, she was kind of annoying, I'll be honest. But once you watch that episode, you'll find out what I mean, because I don't want to go too deep into detail with that. Um, But yeah, overall, I did like her character. Jeffrey is low-key my favorite character. You don't really see too much of him on screen. But when you do, he makes all of his appearances count and jeffrey i think he's played by a nigerian actor and jeffrey is is still from england but uh by way of jamaica so you can hear the jamaican accent and the english accent kind of cross paths from time to time it's almost like you're watching top boy basically if i'm being completely honest and speaking of top boy jeffrey kind of handles himself like a top boy if i'm being completely honest like he doesn't introduce himself as the butler of the house he introduces himself as the house manager and so that includes security that includes keeping tabs on everyone in the house um that that entails a lot of things that entails him making important phone calls if you may so jeffrey's my guy i wish we got to see more of jeffrey in this series but whenever he did make his time on screen he made it worth it so he's kind of low-key my favorite character of the show all right and then and then you have Ashley. And this is where we get into the cons of the show. So Ashley, I'm going to point her out as my first con of the show because and this is nothing against the actor the actor who plays uh, Ashley in the series. But not only does she have minimal screen time, the the least amount of screen time, I would say. I think I may have said Jeffrey had the least amount or no, maybe I said he has He doesn't have that much, but Ashley, by and large, has the least amount of screen time. And whenever she does, they unfortunately use her as the woke activist proxy. 
So anytime you hear Ashley speak, mind you, she's the youngest cast member of the show, the youngest character, I should say, of the show at 12 years old is talking about, oh, we need to do more for gay rights and trans rights and stuff like that. And I'm not mad at any of those things, but anytime you hear her talk, that's all she talks about. And it's to the point where she has no character. Literally, her quote-unquote character is her being the, the patsy and the proxy for inserting gay topics and trans topics and stuff like that just to say to people out there who are watching who are casual viewers that hey guys look at us we're woke we checked off our woke diversity quota see this character is speaking about about gay rights and trans rights yay and like you diminish your character by just making her a patsy for those things even if it was a thing where she was only talking about black lives matter and stuff like that i would keep the exact same energy because for your character to only be talking about those things and those things only and barely anything else whenever they're on screen, they're not a character at that point. They just become more, more, than, more than anything a caricature of a character. And it just got – her character just got greatly diminished. Like if I – and I try to tell people not to compare this show to the original because they're two completely different shows. But because it is a re-inspiring and a reimagining, you want to do – the main character's justice to to a certain extent and i feel like they failed the character of ashley banks because the character of ashley banks was basically the coming of age character the someone who was coming up as a preteen to an adolescent and we saw her growth and, and character progression and she probably had the most spunk and personality outside of will smith but in this show She's just a, a, a doormat, basically. All she's there for is to talk about gay rights and trans rights. And th there's a little moment in there where she does talk about how she has a crush on a girl and what have you. And of course, when you're young, you have crushes on people and what have you. But apart from all that, the only other times we see her on screen is when she's talking about these issues that are hot button topics in today's society. And I feel like she's kind of a product of Generation Z. And I don't know if that's what they're trying to go with, but they did go with it, but in the most annoying way possible. Like, if you watch her performance and watch her dialogue, it's the exact reason why people are so annoyed by Gen Z and what have you. And not because they're talking about these topics, but because of the fact that they're they're hampering on these topics to the point where they're forcing it down people's throats for the most part. And if you want to have dialogue, that's great, but don't make it a point where, where in this show specifically, that you're just ham-fisting these things in just to show that, hey, we're covering all grounds and bases. No, like you're making the character suffer because of it. Maybe not the overall story plot, but the character of Ashley Banks suffered greatly because of that. I was actually looking forward to seeing how they would portray Ashley because she was one of my favorite characters growing up. But with the way she did her, like they did her dirty in my opinion. So that would be like my first knock against the series. Um, going into that, it was, again, the not only the what quota, but some of the black cliches that they kind of went in with the show and kind of combined the two. So, for example, they would go into diatribes about how, let's say, for example, you know, women, black women are overly sexualized and hypersexualized and we don't have the benefit of 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 just shrugging it off and this was coming and this is a speech that was given by hillary but it was given by hillary after she chose to pose in lingerie while doing a cooking segment for her social media show and not only that but 
it got posted because she was living in an influencer house where whatever content you create gets posted. And they signed a contract stating that whatever you record in the house gets posted on the internet. So while she was the one who actually not only dressed up in that garb, but chose to dress up in that garb and do it, she then complains and says, oh, why was it posted? Oh my gosh, what am I going to do now? And it's just like, you can't complain about something like the hypersexualization of black women when you're willingly, willingly, keep in mind, willingly contributing to it. No one told her to do that. The house manager didn't even tell her to do that. She did that on her own accord. So again, things like that, it's like they bring it up, but then they contradict it, which kind of annoyed me because I feel like that's how a lot of these social causes kind of get brought up and then they get contradicted easily because it almost becomes a thing where you want certain things to be enacted on your accord and you disguise it under the guise of equality but then when it doesn't suit your narrative then you want to call out oppression so i felt like that was kind of an example of that where it's like hey you you did this on your own but now you're complaining about it because you're afraid of what consequences may come out of it so I found that very annoying. I also found like the black drama cliches very annoying as well. Like, like Will being very hyper aggressive before he got to Philly, or sorry, before he got to Bel Air, picking fights with people and stuff like that, and and letting his ego get the best of him. And I and I get it; it was building up to why he had to leave, but it was just annoying for me to see, just because again, I'm, I've seen this my entire life from the '90s onwards, and I'm just over it at that point. So I got bored of that, and then. Also, I would say the season finale I found to be very lackluster. Um, again, spoiler alert, I recall this from time. So if you've seen it, great. If not, I, I don't know why you're still listening to this portion of the pod. But basically, it was a building up to that. His father was still somewhere in the picture. His father does come and make an appearance in this episode. Um, father being played by Marlon Wayans. They hashed it out seemingly for a moment, but then they kind of verbally duked it out they almost got physical with each other at one point in time and it was a bunch of cussing and stuff like that and again it just very it felt very contrived and cliche and the build-up wasn't worth the payoff in my opinion i mean it was cool seeing marlon wayans i mean that was that was dope but again it just i just wasn't feeling it i just, I just it just wasn't hitting for me it just was not hitting for me so overall final thoughts um uh, I thought it was a pretty good show. Pretty good show. I don't know what the ratings are like. I don't know what the critical reception of it. I'm not sure how much streams it's it's been averaging. Does it deserve a second season? I wouldn't mind seeing a second season. I, I honestly would not mind seeing the second season. Like I said before, it was good enough that it held my attention. But I would say that if they do decide to go forward with a second season and they don't improve on the things that need improvement and it actually turns out to be worse then i'd say just cut all ties right now cut all ties right now because right now it's good enough that people would probably want to see a second season but it's not a smash hit by any means i don't believe that's a smash hit. it's not like a squid game or something like that where it's like oh no we want more we want more this was this was just okay it was okay so on that note, if I had to give it a rating, you know, my, my, my cool ratings, I would give it, I'll give it a six and a half cools out of 10. That's the score I'm going to go with. That is the score I'm going to go with. I would give it six and a half cools out of 10. Good enough to hold my attention. The actors were, 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 were really good. Um, 
Some of the dialogue is a bit cringy, however. And I feel like the dialogue and some of the writing and the establishment of certain characters need some work as well. And I really do think that the biggest improvement that they can make is to stop trying to ham fist social messages in here. Like, if it has anything to do with a character, like, if it's directly linked to a character, kind of like how Killmonger was in Black Panther, for example, then sure, go with it. But if this is just your way of ham-fisting in something just to say that you guys are being woke and that you're pandering to a certain audience who's going to call out cancel culture if you don't acquiesce to their every request, then don't bother with it. Just don't. Because the product suffers for it. Like I said, the, the character of Ashley Banks suffered for it immensely. And that character does not deserve that. And again, not a knock on the actor. She's only doing what's, what's being told of her to do. And that's all you can do. But the writing of her character was absolute trash, in my opinion. But anyways... For the people who have seen it, what are your thoughts on Bel Air? Did it do the original series justice? Would you give it another watch? Do you want to see a second season? Either way, let me know. Uh, hit me up on all my socials and let's talk about it. All right. So, we've made it to this point, ladies and gents. The main event. We have made it to Mike Check. And Mike Check will be dedicated to the entire fiasco at the Oscars that was caused by Will Smith with inspiration from Jada Pinkett, with the victim being Chris Rock. Yes, he is a victim. And we're going to talk about it. We are going to talk about it right now. And how we're going to discuss it is by way of this. There's so much to unpack here because I have a lot to say about this. I have a lot to say about this. So here's what we're going, to do. we're going to do. We're going to break this down into three segments within a segment, all right? So the second segment being mic check. And because this whole entire ordeal is so condensed and convoluted, we're going to break it down into three, sex, uh, three sections and three segments. So the first segment will be about Will Smith, of course, because he is the uh, main culprit behind this. The second segment we'll get into will be about Jada because Jada is the low-key puppeteer about this that no one is really talking about from a negative standpoint. And she needs to be held accountable for her actions in, in all this and what led up to this as well. And then the third and final segment within the segment will be about Chris Rock, the victim of this whole entire ordeal. And now he's handling it and everything in between. So on that note, Let's start off with Big Willie, shall we? So, in my opinion, I'm going come to come, come right out the gate and say that Will does not deserve to be canceled for this. This is not grounds to cancel anyone, no. But should he be held accountable? 1,000% yes. And should we be disappointed in his actions? Most certainly we should be. I, as a fan of Will Smith... Ever since the Fresh Prince. And I'm not even talking about the Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. I'm talking about DJ Jazzy Jeff and the Fresh Prince. Fresh Prince. As someone who's been a fan of him for that long, I am absolutely disappointed. Absolutely disappointed. I wouldn't say that he tarnished his legacy with that one slap. But he put a massive dent in it. He put a massive dent in it. And I say that because Will Smith was supposed to be the best of us. And what I mean by that is I'm talking about us as in the hip hop community, which then 
subsequently translates within the black community as well because hip-hop is seen as a black thing right we can get into an entire diatribe about that but again just bear with me here for a moment will smith as we know coming up as the fresh prince as a rapper and then as a character on a tv show and then exploding into hollywood from that point forward we know him to be the antithesis of the black male black male within hip-hop culture so he is someone who is the antithesis of being hyper-violent, hyper-masculine, and hypersexual. All right? Because those are all three traits within hip-hop culture within the male spectrum. And this is not just in hip-hop culture, but it, trans- it transcends into black culture as well to the point where it's been normalized. And we'll get to that in a second as well. He is the antithesis of that. He has been the antithesis of that for his entire career up until Sunday night. And so for him to become that of all nights on, at, out of all places is what's most disheartening out of this entire ordeal. I expect this behavior from... Any any rapper, let it be 50 Cent, Jay-Z, Jim Jones, whomever. But to come from Will Smith, of all people, especially on a night where you nabbed, you grabbed your first ever Oscar, when really you should probably have three Oscars on your belt at this point. You should have had one for, for Ali, should have had one for The Pursuit of Happiness, and King Richard, which you did get one. Hell, you might even say... Seven Pounds or The Legend of Bagger Vance. Debatable. But you got it on the night where you won your first ever Oscar. And to say that love makes you do crazy things. No, love does not make you do crazy things. Being infatuated with a toxic person makes you do crazy things. And we will get to that toxic person in a moment. But that is no excuse as a 53-year-old man, black man at that, to go up on stage and to slap another man on stage, another 50-plus-year-old black man at that, just because you did not like the joke that he told about your wife. You could never catch Ben Affleck slapping the shit out of Louis C.K., if he ever made about made a joke about Jennifer Lopez on stage at the Oscars, you could never see Brad Pitt slap the shit out of Bill Burr if he ever made a joke about Angelina Jolie. You would never see it at all in your life. Why? Because seemingly within North America, at the very least. Everyone else except black people live by a certain moral code of ethics where they can disseminate right from wrong, unless if they're an absolute degenerate. Whereas for whatever reason, within the black community, when we see violent acts like that in the quote unquote defense of your spouse, we champion it. It's not like Jada was being physically assaulted in any way, shape or form. A joke was told about her. A joke. And throughout this entire time, for the last two or three years, 
Will's manhood has been put into question because of entanglement, because of his inability to be like Tupac, because his inability to make his woman feel good. All that has come to a head. And the funny thing about all of this is the fact that on the surface, Will was, quote unquote, defending his woman uh, because of her bald head or her shaved head, for that matter. When in reality, Will has made fun of baldness on numerous occasions. There's that clip of him resurfacing on the Internet with him saying something about a bald headed woman on the Arsenio Hall show way back in the early 90s. And ironically enough, it was him on that platform saying, oh, what's a joke? It's just joke, guys. Now, you can say that anyone's opinion has changed over the last 30 years. That's totally fine. But it's just very ironic that 30 years later, not only can you not take a joke, which actually you can, but now you decide to slap somebody for telling a joke. And the funny thing is, he was actually laughing at the joke before Jada probably gave him some evil look stare off camera, which is what then led him to go on stage to slap Chris Rock. Are we quick to forget that there's two things that we're quick to forget? We're quick to forget the amount of bald jokes that Will used to crack on Uncle Phil on The Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. And we're also quick to forget that baldness, male baldness specifically, has been normalized in our society for a very long time. So going back to the Uncle Phil jokes, every other joke that Will cracked on Uncle Phil was either about him being bald or him being fat. It was one of the two, if not both. He made no qualms about it. And we all laughed. Why? Because male pattern baldness is normalized when it comes to the comedic factor of it all. Hell, there's a stat out there that one in every three men go bald. So you're talking about 33% of men in the world, not even North America, but in the world, go bald. And yet we laugh at it. But now that it's Jada being the, the culprit of that, now now every, all of a sudden we have to take a step back and be like, whoa, 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 guys, let's be sensitive. No. If you're really serious about wanting to live in, 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 in an equal society, you have to take the good with the bad. So if your stance is you shouldn't be making fun of bald people, fine. But keep that same energy when you hear other men uh, being cracked on for their baldness. You look at the NBA player Trey Young. He, he has had bald jokes thrown at him ever since he got into the league. And he's a young guy. He's, he's not even 25 and he's already balding. And yet, last year in the NBA playoffs in the first round against the New York Knicks, you had 20,000 New Yorkers chanting out, Trey Young's balding. (laughs) Trey Young's balding. (laughs) 20,000 people chanting that. But one G.I. Jane joke being thrown at Jada Pinkett, and now there's a problem. And now we go into this dogma about how the black woman is disrespected and how and and how you know black woman's hair has always been a thing of contention and and looking at it to, to that standpoint when really it was a gi jane joke on its surface as a matter of fact haven't we normalized the teasing and making fun of lebron james for example for his balding issues i mean it's to the point where this guy actually gets like hair transplants and or hair, or hair plugs, whatever you want to call them, 
And I'm sure this guy pays millions of dollars to just make it look as if he actually does have hair. And it's still looking like he's balding or what have you, but yet we've still normalized the idea of making fun of that. We've done that for, we've done it towards men for so long. But again, because it's Jada Pinkett, now all of a sudden we have to take a step back and look at ourselves. No, it's a fucking joke, all right? Comedy is comedy at the end of the day. And comedy in its purest form, and I'm going to get to this once we get to the Chris Rock segment, is social commentary done through satire. That's essentially what it is. And Chris Rock, all he did was say that she looks as if she's going to be trying out for G.I. Jane Part 2. Because the obvious, the obvious connection is the fact that Demi Moore shaved her head so that she could play the role of this character who is being portrayed as a female soldier in the U.S. Navy. That, that's all it is. That's all it is. It's the lowest of hanging fruit, but at the same time, it's also innocent as well. So please miss me with all that bullshit. But going back to Will once again, all that vitriol and, and, and ferocity that he showed towards Chris Rock once he slapped him in the face and then told him vehemently to keep his wife's name out of his fucking mouth, in his words, where was the same energy for August Alcino when he was dicking down your wife in your own house? Your own son introduced him into your home as his friend. And he proceeded to sleep with this woman in your house. Where was the same energy 25 years ago when Tupac was still around? Huh? Where was that energy? Where was that energy when Tupac was still around 25 years ago? Nowhere to be found, clearly. But many years later, you decide to take that moment as a 50 plus year old man to assault. And that's exactly what this is, ladies and gentlemen. It's funny how very few people within the black community are talking about this, but this is assault. And it just adds insult to injury when you're assaulting another black man on stage. And now, and speaking of which, there are some black people who are saying, oh, why are white people commenting on this? What, it's none of their business. This is black folk business. Listen, 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 listen. When Will Smith decided to slap somebody on the biggest stage of entertainment, arguably, you made it everyone's business. Especially when you are an A-list celebrity, when you are a celebrity of Will Smith's caliber and you just so happen to be black and you do it at the Oscars, yeah, you made it everyone's business, all right? So all that talk about, oh, black people, we need to keep things in-house. Listen, black people within North America have been telling on themselves for decades, television, film, media, you name it, they've been doing that. So all this talk about, oh, we got to keep it to ourselves and this should be a black matter. And no, no, no. That ship has already sailed. All the chit chatter that people have been doing, you know, within the black community talking about black issues or, or stuff that should only pertain to black people and what have you, you guys have been telling on yourselves. Talk shows like like The View and The Real. Sorry, just The Real. I, I wouldn't... The View sometimes, if they're talking about stuff like the N-word and, and everything like that. But The but the Real, talking about, about the the inner workings of, of romantic relationships within the black community. Hell, his own wife on Red Table Talk. Black people have been doing this. They've been doing this. So 
all this talk about we got to keep it in that. No, all that shit went out the window the moment you decided, and by you, I mean Will Smith, to slap another black man on stage. I'm sorry. All that shit goes out the window. And then you have some black people saying, oh, this is a tool of the white man to try and pit two black men against each other. Listen, no. Chris Rock, as a comedian, was doing his job, and he was telling jokes about everyone. And Jada just, just so happened to be the next person in line for a joke. The white man didn't tell Will Smith to go slap another grown man on stage. Will Smith, with the influence of Jada, went up on stage to go slap another black man. That was all him. I'm not blaming this on the white man and all that bullshit. No, sorry. You're not getting that shit from me. And then the silly thing about this is hours later, or I don't know exactly how long later after he slapped Chris Rock, but after that situation was done, he goes and accepts his award for his work in King Richard. And during his speech where he's apologizing and what have you, he also slips in that love makes you do crazy things or something to that extent. And like I said at the beginning, love does not make you do that. Love does not make you go up and slap another man in the face because you couldn't take a joke. You of all people, you Will Smith, being a comedic actor, being a comedic actor for the majority of your career, you do not have the right to go up and say that love makes you do crazy things when you just embarrass yourself like that. No. Being infatuated with a toxic person like Jada is what makes you do that because you want to prove your manhood or, or whatever bit of it is left. If you're a real man in that moment, and if you were a logical thinking adult, if you really had a problem with that joke because of maybe it's because of your wife's condition or just your pride as a man, whatever the case may be, any functional reasoning adult would have possibly pulled Chris Rock to the side, especially since you guys are friends, pulled him to the side, let him know, hey, I wasn't cool with that. Or, hey, listen, my wife has a thing going on with, with her hair. It's a medical condition. And be done with it. And you know what the sad thing is? And, and it speaks back to what I was saying about what the black community in a large number seems to idolize when it comes to hyperaggression and, and what have you. Like the, like the, like the lawless, lawless layer of the land. Denzel Washington and Tyler Perry were seen consoling Will Smith after that ordeal was all said and done with. They weren't consoling the victim who was Chris Rock, the person who was assaulted. They were consoling Will Smith, the person who acted out of rage and malice, the one who put his hands on somebody else. They're consoling him. Listen, I got nothing else to say about Will until later on in the show. What we're going to do right now is we're going to switch our focus onto the second segment within this segment, and that is Jada Pinkett. Cool. I'm not calling her Jada Pinkett Smith anymore. I told you guys in the previous pod that we did about her, I'm not giving her the Smith title. I'm not, I'm not doing it. She's Jada Pinkett. That's it. 
no, no, no. Scratch that. She's not Jada Pinkett anymore. She is Jaded Pinkett. That's what I'm calling her from now on. Jaded Pinkett. So let's talk about Jaded Pinkett, shall we? It's no secret, especially over the last two years, that Jaded Pinkett has proven herself to be a very toxic wife and a very toxic individual altogether. Her toxic behavior towards Will is what led Will to do this. Obviously, I'm not gonna I'm not going to give Will a pass or anything like that. I like I'm holding him fully accountable for his actions. But let's not act like Jaded Pinkett is not the puppeteer behind his actions. She has little to no respect for him and has shown him that for the last few years now, in, in just at least within public. But you can say that all this stems back to when her and Will first started dating. And she would go off about how much she loves Tupac and how they love them as friends and how Will has been open about his jealousy towards Tupac because Tupac wasn't exactly, or sorry, Will was not the type of man that Tupac was that, that Jada was infatuated with and looked at with adoration. But if we are going back to these last two or three years, Jada has openly disrespected Will on so many fronts. Whether it's the August Elsina entanglements, whether it's telling him that that she needed to feel good, and as to her reasons, as to her reasons as to why she cheated on him in the first place, the fact that she didn't see her actions as as a transgression when really it fucking was. You slept with another man while you were married to the man that you've been married to for the last 20, 25 years now, that you have two kids with, that you've built an, an empire with. But in your mind, you didn't see it as cheating. And that's one of the things that I've noticed within the black community as well. And listen, I'm not pulling in my punches. If I lose listeners over this episode, I don't give a shit anymore. I'm so tired of holding this back. What I've seen within the black community when it pertains to the women, and I'm not saying all the women have this same viewpoint. I'm not gonna say that, because that, that would just be ignorant. But what I've seen from a lot of women, and what I've seen paraded throughout pop culture within the black sphere, so to speak, is the fact that there have been many black women who have justified their infidelity. Now, it's one thing for a man within the black community to say, you know, I cheated because, you know, I had a weak moment or whatever the case may be. And I still consider that cheating. Like, you cheated on your partner. Like, you can't do that. I will go up to another black man and say, yo, you as a black man, you cheated on your on, on your on your wife or on your girlfriend, your partner, whomever. You can't do that. You just can't do that. And those men will be held accountable. But I've noticed that when it comes to a black woman cheating on her black man, and again, not all black women, but plenty enough for this to be a conversation. There has been little to no blowback whatsoever. There has been little to no accountability held whatsoever. Hell, I have even heard from both black men and black women that if a black woman cheats on her man, then somehow it's the man's fault that she cheated that he wasn't doing his job as a man or as a provider or whatever the case may be. 
But all of a sudden, the woman gets no blame in this. And some of the reasons I've heard have been absolutely horrendous. Like, oh, he wasn't there when I needed him. Or he's always busy with work. Or or emotionally, I just feel like we're, we're, we're drifting apart. And they will use these as reasons to legitimize the fact that they were that they were that they were uh cheating on 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 their on their male spouse and will feel no ways about it to the point where it's almost been normalized even the media i'll see it this all of this is asinine to me like you could never hear this in any other racial community not only in North America, but in the world. But for whatever reason, black culture within North America seems to live by a different standard of laws. And it's almost embarrassing. It's almost embarrassing. It feels like the rednecks of black culture are running black culture. Like imagine if, imagine if, if, the rednecks of white culture and you know the white trash and and the the working class whatever you want to call them the fucking rednecks the yahoos whatever you want to call them imagine if they were running white culture that is literally what's happening in black culture with the black counterparts and nobody wants to admit it because that's just what we do apparently it's fucking embarrassing like this is not how normal people should function you shouldn't be able to cheat on your spouse and you can allege whether or not it was an open relationship. But you don't go out on your partner, cheat on them in their own house, and then throw salt on the wound by saying that the person that they cheated with reminds them of Tupac, reminds them of the, of the dead alleged ex-boyfriend that you once had and, and, and the one that you fell in love with because of his thug image. Because apparently the thug image is, is the penultimate image of a black man, which is so fucking stupid. And what really annoys me the most is the fact that not enough black women held Jada uh, accountable, not only for just her general transgressions and just total disrespect and disregard towards Will as a human being and as a man and as providing as a black man, but for the events that happened that night as well. Jada easily could have grabbed Will's hand before he went up on stage to do what he did to prevent him from doing that. Jada could have just taken the joke as a joke. I mean, notice in the video, Jada wasn't even directly sitting beside Will. Like they were a considerable um, uh, amount, amount of feet apart from one another. They're about three, maybe four feet at most apart from one another at the table they're sitting at. Like you would think that they would sit right beside each other or have even just a, like a sliver of space between each other. She was far apart from him. That doesn't sound like a partner that is down for you to the very end. Just even body language like that is very alarming. And even going back to that, there are camera angles that are showing Jada's smile when Will did what he did. I mean, if that doesn't set off any red flags in your mind, I don't know what will at this point. And now there are there are plenty of women who are on Jada's defense saying how, you know, Chris Rock is a coon because as a black man, he should know 
how you know black women have to deal with deal with um, uh, black hair and how and how insensitive he was and, and all that stuff. Listen, you're conflating the issue. You're conflating the issue to the tenth degree. I'm gonna get to that once you get to the rock segment. But as it pertains to Jada and her alopecia condition, let it be known that this was not a widespread thing. Not until the night or the day after that that whole ordeal at the Oscars. A large amount of people did not know about that. You know why? Because sad to say, well, not sad to say, it's just the truth. No one's checking for Jada. No one's checking for Jada. No one gives a shit unless they're watching Red Table Talk to see who she's dishing tea on next. No one knew about it. So everyone tried to make this a bigger issue than what it was. It really wasn't that deep. But the irony of all of this is the fact that alopecia or not, just on its head, on its surface, if this was someone like Sinead O'Connor, who had a shaved head back in the 90s, if this was someone like Amber Rose, who had a shaved head when we first got introduced to her by way of being Kanye's girlfriend at the time, or hell, if this was Debbie Moore herself circa 1997 when she did that for the role for G.I. Jane, no one would be saying anything at all. This would be a non-story altogether. But for whatever reason, because it's Jada Pinkett, now we all got to talk about a bigger issue than what it was. And now we got to talk about Chris Rock being a coon because he, he as a black man is disrespecting a black woman for her hair. And now, and now we're just throwing a hailstorm on, on black men like Chris Rock or any others alike who agree with Chris and what he did. And this goes into yet another chapter of black women normalizing putting down black men. And again, I'm going to say for the umpteenth time, not all black women do this. But of course, there are going to be people who are going to get that message misconstrued, and I don't care because you're going to hear what you're going to hear at this point. Hell, you're probably not even listening to this pod right now. You probably cut it off halfway through when I started, when I started you know, disparaging uh, jaded Pinkett Smith. But nonetheless, I digress. There has been a culture that has been brewing for a very long time, and it's become more visible than ever within the last five years as it pertains to black women disrespecting black men as a whole. Not the ones that did them wrong, not the ones who are actively disrespecting black women, but as a whole, putting an entire cloud over black men, whether they're calling black men trash, whether they're openly saying niggas ain't shit, whether they're saying that they're broke because they don't earn a certain amount of money per year. I've had black men tell me that women in their family have said that they ain't shit from the age of 10. Do you know what that psychologically does to a black man growing up? Knowing that his own mother or his older sibling or female sibling or, or extended female members of the family say that he will not amount to anything because he's a, a black man and that because he's a black man, he's destined to be a fuck up. So please believe that this is nothing new. It's just the fact that nowadays, more than ever, because of social media, whatever the case may be, that 
It has now been normalized for black women to put down black men. Hell, even in the Black Lives Matter movement, there are some segments within that movement that will openly, that, that will have the women at the forefront disrespect other black men. Which is bizarre to me. Unless if it's yet another victim of, of, of police brutality, then all bets are off at that point. And Jada is contributing to that heavily with the open disrespect that she showed to Will and also having the Red Table Talk talk show where she openly disrespects Will by saying how she needs someone to make her feel good, how he's not good in bed. She'll have other black women on the show like Aisha Curry saying how she's jealous of her own husband and Steph Curry because he gets female attention while she doesn't get male attention. And this is all being normalized. This is nothing. We see it even in our television shows, whether it's a show like Insecure, for example, or a show like Love Life, where in the second season, the black male is openly disrespected. It, 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 it's it's, it's mind-boggling. And yet, some of these women who are doing it are the same women who claim that they want equality. No, you don't. You just want revenge on, on all the, 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 the trials and tribulations of turmoil that black men put you through. You just want revenge. No one told you to date a certain particular type of black man that you weren't supposed to date in the first place all because they match the image of what you hold up to be as black masculinity. No one told you to go date the man who decided to write his number on the back of a zigzag paper. No one told you to go date that person who already had three baby moms before you and you chose to be the fourth. It's funny how you call those guys ain't shit niggas or whatever the case may be, yet that is the image of black masculinity that is only appealing to you. But the image of someone like a Will Smith or a Donald Glover or Jordan Peele or anything of the sort is less than. But you take those three men, for example, you put them in any other culture within North America, they're just seen as good guys. But yet we've normalized the bashing of all black men altogether. And Jaded Pinkett is basically at the forefront of it at this point. Black culture as a whole, both men and women need to do better. No excuses. And this brings me to Chris Rock. Listen, I said it before and I'll say it again. Chris Rock did absolutely nothing wrong. Chris Rock did his job, and that's to be a comedian. And his job as a comedian and as a presenter for that evening and for any other events like that is to tell jokes. Like I said before, comedy is a modern day take on the issues and the stories that are happening within society and pop culture as a whole. And it's done so through a satirical lens. Comedians are modern day philosophers in that regard. And all he did was his job at that moment to bring levity and hilarity to an event such as the Oscars. Now, for what it's worth, it was confirmed that he did not know about her alopecia condition. And knowing Chris Rock 
and knowing the fact that he knows both Will and Jada on a personal and professional level, because he actually did collaborate with Will Smith on an episode of The Fresh Prince of Bel-Air way back in the day. Had he known about her condition, I am willing to give him the benefit of the doubt that he wouldn't have said anything about her at all. And even then, it was a light joke. And the only reason why the crowd responded the way they did was because the camera panned on Jada and it showed her reaction. And everyone's like, oh. But again, Hollywood is very sensitive because these A-list celebrities or these people who are affiliated with A-list celebrities have been cocooned in this bubble of people just showering them with praise and compliments. But when someone makes a joke about them, it's like, oh my God, you're hurting my feelings. Oh my God. Learn how to take a fucking joke. Now, it was said that after being slapped, he stayed in his dressing room the entire night and didn't come out for the remainder of the evening. I don't blame him because after he got slapped, he couldn't even get his speech out. He couldn't even continue on with the presentation of the award for best documentary. And rightfully so. He just got slapped on national television. Like, how are you supposed to re uh, uh, respond to that or react for that matter? I'm just happy that he took the high road and decided not to assault him back. I'm just disappointed that security didn't escort Will Smith out of the venue because you, you assaulted someone, bro. Now, I am a little disappointed in Chris that he did not press charges. Maybe he didn't want to deal with the legal ramifications and, and the legal proceedings or what have you. But just to be petty, he probably should just press charges straight up. Because that's what normal functioning people do in the real world. If you get assaulted or accosted by someone, you press charges. It's not this fucking law of the land that black culture seems to live by where you applaud somebody for slapping the shit out of somebody because they, in your mind, disrespected you or your spouse. Like, so many people and so many comments that I saw on social media from black people saying how Will did the right thing and Chris Rock was wrong for that and Chris Rock was attacking black women... Oh my God. I Sometimes I just can't with certain black people. But this happens to be the standard. Like the standard of rednecks happens to be the standard for an entire culture. It's fucking embarrassing. And like I was saying before, when I mentioned how black women were saying how Chris Rock is a coon because this is because his comments were an attack on black women and their hair and what they have to go through when it comes to the maintenance of their hair. A lot of you are quick to forget that Chris Rock back in the 2000s did a documentary on that very thing, which was entitled Good Hair. He did a documentary based on the fact that certain hair textures were seen as good hair, whereas certain hair textures that are predominantly popularized and genetically uh, inherited by black men and women are seen as bad hair. So 4C curly type hair, for example, is seen as bad hair. But a loose curl hair or, or just straightened hair, for example, is seen as good hair. That was what the documentary was about. So do you think that Chris Rock, with that information and knowledge that he has, would do, would, would, would do jaded Pinkett dirty like that? Of course not. But no, all of you people want to hop on a certain issue and make that your main basis of the argument because you are too lazy to get the facts and the research done in order to find the proper context in the situation. Why? Because it doesn't suit your narrative. It's hilarious 
how things will get lost in translation if it means backing up a certain point that you have made in your mind already. Again, you're conflating the issue at hand. The issue was not an attack on black women as a whole. And then you got people like, like uh, what's your name? Uh, Tiffany Haddish, who I have a whole bunch of issues with, but whatever. But you got people like her talking about how Will did the right thing by standing by her man. No, just no. And coming from her, with her being as hood as she is, I'm not shocked. Yeah, I said it. Tiffany Haddish is hood. And she plays the same hood sassy chick that, does, that she does in every fucking movie. Tell me I'm wrong. And so if you really want to speak about a larger issue, let's talk about what this means for the art of stand-up comedy in the future. Did Will Smith open up the floodgates when he slapped Chris Rock across the face? Are we going to be are we going to be in a situation where if a stand-up comedian is performing a bit that somebody in the audience is going to try and rant ransack the uh, the stage and try to accost the the comedian at hand? Now, obviously, I'm sure the security will, will try and get in the way of that. Of course, I would hope so. But the fact that they would even make the attempt to do just that is alarming. And I'm happy to see that many comedians went to the defense of Chris Rock, whether it was Andrew Schultz, whether it was Jim Carrey, or anyone else for that matter, came to the defense of Chris Rock, rightfully so. I mean, imagine if this happened to Dave Chappelle when he put up his Netflix specials about his commentary on the trans community, which, by the way, was not defamatory towards the trans community. If you actually watched the, 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 the stand-up uh, comedy act that he did, ironically enough, he was basically stating how the trans community turned on that transgendered uh, uh, individual who was also a comedian and they forced that transgender community to kill themselves because of the fact that they were defending Dave Chappelle. How ironic is that? But what does this mean for, for, for the comedian community as a whole then? I've been saying for the last few years that a lot of people have been overly sensitive towards stand-up comedians because of the fact that they don't understand nuance. And now I feel like with the slap, that this is only going to emphasize that, that point even more, much so. Comedy is an art form. And we should not stifle comedians on their ability to tell jokes. And it's one thing if you have Dave Chappelle or Chris Rock telling a joke like that, for example, or uh, on any level, no matter what group it's affecting. But it's another thing if you have a situation like Michael Richardson who's just screaming out nigger and not being funny. Or Amy Schumer not being funny. Because all this girl ever talks about is, oh, I'm a fat white girl who doesn't know how to date and I'm a woman. Oh my God, what was me? Bitch, you're not funny. Go eat a sandwich. There's levels to this. There's levels to this. And people need to understand that. And if you don't understand that, if you don't understand nuance, then don't go to comedy shows. Don't go on Netflix and watch a comedy special or go on any streaming platform and watch a comedy special just so you can go and have keyboard rage the next day. You made the choice to go to that comedy special knowing what was going to happen. You made the choice 
to tune into that comedy special knowing what was going to happen. And in the case of Jada Pinkett, Jaded Pinkett, pardon me. In the case of Jaded, you made the choice alongside with your husband. And you probably made that choice for him because you got his nuts in a glass purse at this point. But you made the choice to set up front row, front and center, so that you could be the prime target of a good roasting. You made that choice, boo-boo. So if you didn't want to make that choice, then maybe you should have sat in the nosebleeds. Now, the thing with Chris is that he is going on a comedy tour. This tour is already announced earlier in the year. I think Toronto is going to be one of the spots uh, stops alongside Kevin Hart as well. And I can only imagine the amount of material that he's going to come up with when it comes to this. I'm sure he's going to, you know, compartmentalize everything, give himself some time. And I just hope that he flames the fuck out of both Will Smith and Jaded Pinkett because they deserve that. If he's not going to send out a lawsuit towards Will for assault, then the very least he could do is roast him. Char broil roast his sensitive ass. Him and Jaded Pinkett. And also, for the people who are saying it's fake, listen, it's not fake, all right? Like, that was a real slap. Rock did not expect that. He got rocked, pun intended. And he was not expecting that at all. You got slapped. Like, it's 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 not fake. I'm sorry. Like, I at first, I thought it was fake when I heard about it. But when I saw the footage for the first time, I was like, nah, this is real. This is real, and it's about to get ugly. So, closing the segment with regards to Chris Rock, he did nothing wrong. I stand by Chris Rock. I stand by comedians and in their ability to express freedom of speech when it comes to their to their performance and their arts. Just make sure it's funny. And the joke was funny. Because Will laughed. Everyone else laughed. Jada was the only one who decided to be all jaded about it and just scoffed her head at it. Like, you have a shaved head. In fact, you've been having short hairstyles for the entirety of your career. So obviously no one would know that you have some sort of you know, hair loss condition, if that's the case may be. But again, all the shit that you've done towards Will and all the, the business and tea that you've been exposing and, and, and covering it under the, under the guise of self-righteousness and healing, bitch, please. You, the, that is the last, that is the least that you deserve from all the fuckery that you've been doing for the last two or three years. So please miss me with that bullshit. And on that note, we're going to transition over into the wankster of the week. And no surprise at all, I didn't even try to go out and find another wankster. It, 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 there was no point in me doing it. Because ladies and gentlemen, the wankster of the week is obviously Will Smith. It's obviously Will Smith. I've outlined the reasons as to why he was a dumbass for what he did. I've outlined the reasons why he allowed himself to succumb to, to the lowest common denominator of black culture, which is this fucking ratchet culture that we're all living in. Listen, I know people are going to say, oh my God, ratchet's such a bad word. It's such a negative connotation. Yeah, it is a negative connotation, but it's a negative connotation that happens to be the standard bearing of black culture within North America for so fucking long now. To the point where you have people celebrating what he did. Nonetheless, I digress. He's getting the wanks of the week not only because of his actions, but because of the fallout of his actions. He was originally facing expulsion from the academy, but it came out very recently that he has decided to, in fact, retire 
from the academy altogether. So I don't know if this means that he's going to retire from, from the world of acting, but what it does sound like to me is that whatever movie role that he does put out going forward, he will no longer be eligible for a nomination because of the fact that he's retiring from the academy. So you just ended your own career prematurely, essentially, is what you're saying. You ended your own career prematurely because you had to keep it real. Ironically enough, Chris Rock back in 1996, the same year that Tupac died, put out a comedy special. And within that comedy special, which was on HBO, he outlined the fact that there was a civil war happening between black people and niggas. And ignorant ass niggas gotta be the ones to fuck everything up. And literally, Will Smith played the role of an ignorant ass nigga and fucked up his own career. He literally out niggered himself. That's exactly what he did. This is one of the biggest fails that I've ever seen in Hollywood, in my personal opinion. Now, there are people who are saying he should have his Oscar taken away. I don't think so. Because if that's the case, then let's take away the Oscars from Harvey Weinstein. Let's take away the Oscars from uh, uh, Woody, Woody Allen. And let's take the Oscars away from uh, uh, Roman Polanski. For all the fuck shit that they did towards women. But going back to Will Smith. You fucked up your own career. You put a dent in your legacy. And I can empathize with you to a certain extent. Where you are clearly being mentally abused. And that you need help. And you need time to clear your thoughts. During that time. And I know you won't do it. And I know you're not listening right now. But I'm going to say it anyway. During that time you really need to consider breaking up with Jada, Jada Pinkett. Even if that results in a divorce that will cost you a lot in money, you will get that back knowing that you will have peace of mind. And sometimes that's more valuable than however much money you got to fork over in a divorce settlement. Because I'm sure he didn't sign a prenup. Hell, Jada probably said in, 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 in his ear, oh, real niggas don't sign prenups. Are you a real nigga? Because it takes a real nigga to be with me. So, begrudgingly, but not surprisingly, Will Smith, and I never thought I'd say this, but you are the wankster of the week. And to close this off, and I said this earlier in the show, and I said this probably maybe five, ten minutes ago, give or take, but I'm going to say it again. Black culture celebrates the redneck behavior of our society. They've been doing this for years. And I feel like it came to a head when we saw the amount of open applause online that Will Smith got for slapping Chris Rock. Because people of other cultures within North America would not handle the situation like this. They would handle it like adults. They would pull somebody to the side and say, hey, don't say that about my wife or my significant other. They would do that. They would use their words they were used their, their art of socialism in order to rectify a situation. But no, Will Smith took it to the streets. He took it to West Philly because that's what you got to do when you want to keep it real. And this mantra and mentality that black people, that a lot of black people that have been living with in North America for so long have adopted it and have normalized it. And this is no longer an issue where you can say, oh, we need to keep black things in house. No, when you slap somebody across the face, on the biggest stage of television, on the biggest night of television, it's everyone's business. 
So miss me with that bullshit. A lot of black people who fit into that into, into that sphere, y'all need to do better. Straight up. Black men, black women, y'all need to do better. Stop normalizing this shit and stop alienating the people within black culture who don't fit that narrative, who don't fit that alternative. Stop shaming the black people who are part of a certain alternative. Stop shaming the black people who just want to be considered as people and not have to prove their black blackness by way of stereotypes. This has been going on for far too long. And stop normalizing the, the denigration of black men as a whole. I'm tired of it. If I end up losing listeners off of this shit, I'm cool with that. Because chances are they probably weren't the type of listeners that would want to rock with me anyway, and I'm fine with that. But all this shit that led up to Will slapping him in the face and everything like that, all this, all, all the congratulations and, ad, and adoration that he's getting from black people, whether it's trolls on social media or people, notable people like a Tiffany Haddish, for example, this is a combination of issues within the black community that need to be fixed immediately. And I hope for Will Smith's sake that he does get the help that he needs. And he needs to realize that part of that help is leaving, leaving his woman. He needs to leave her. I'm sorry, but she has been a devil on his shoulder for as long as we've known now. And no one wants to admit it, but now it's time to bring that realization to real life. He needs to leave that woman. That will be the first step in his process of healing. That's real healing right there. Not that bullshit that she spouts on Red Table Talk, but leaving somebody who is toxic to your physical and mental makeup is part of the healing process. But alas, I've said enough. I feel like I'm missing so much more and I've said as much as I could possibly say about the scenario, but it's enough to fill up an entire episode of Cool Radio. And if you've been listening for this long in this episode, I appreciate y'all as always. What do you think about the entire situation as a whole? Again, feel free to hit me up on social media, on all my social media platforms. You can hit me up on at DM underscore cool or at cool for thought. Either way, let me know what you think. Uh, thank you again for listening to another edition of Cool Radio. I feel a little bit lightheaded because I've, I've got out everything that I need to say. But again, I feel like I, there's more that I'm missing, but whatever. I'll get to it if I have to get to it. Hit me up on all my socials like I just mentioned before. And as you already know, Cool Radio is a division of Cool Click Media and Entertainment reminding you each and every day that we are out here creating our own legacies. Keep it gravy and wavy. We are out of here. Peace. Cool.